are gonna be the best mom. I'm an amazing mother. You are the best mom in the whole world. Lady, you are the best mom ever. Welcome to The Mom Show, My Talk 1071's new show featuring guests and topics that all good moms will want to hear. The phone lines are open for your questions. Am I doing this right? 651-641-1071 or email the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. Thank you for joining us on The Mom Show here on My Talk 1071, also streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Miss Shannon, and uh, thank you for joining us for this edition of The Mom Show on Father's Day. So, uh, happy Father's Day to happy all the fathers. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Well. So, this is actually a good day to discuss a lot of different things because, you know, we call it The Mom Show, uh, but it is actually a roundtable discussion, and we mm-hmm. have a panel of rotating experts that come in and give great information for moms, mom like people, other people. People, just humans in general. And, humans. Then, and so we appreciate the fact that we have four great uh, teams that come in and give you information that you really should know. And so today, from Sheridan and Dulas, we have Deanne Dulas and then Andrew Hunstead. They are here today. So thank you very much for joining us, both of you. We appreciate it. Thanks so much for having us. Always yes. great to be here with you. I was trying to explain to one of my friends why I enjoy doing the mom show so much. And I said, well, you know, the thing is that you and the rest of our experts always have information that I meant to look up anyway. And so, (laughs) and that is one of the greatest things about this show is that I basically had to come in and go, oh yeah, I probably needed to know that. And then it's just all handed to you. And that's what all of the listeners, I hope, feel very like-minded about that, that this is information that they need to know. Well, we really just try to, you know, be of service and try to inform everyone about some of these things that are really impactful on their lives and not knowing it can be really stressful. So right. it's great to be able to be here with you and just provide that information to folks and uh, hopefully help some people out. And Deanne, we like to remind everybody that we are going to give some great information today and it may apply to you, but this is not actual legal advice that we no. want you to go and take action on. We encourage you to seek your own counsel. Yes. We'll remind people that a few times throughout the show. And that's part of what is so great about Sheridan Dulas is that you have a cadre, uh, a variety mm-hmm. of attorneys that... As people are navigating some of these difficult journeys, mm-hmm. you can go, well, here's where this particular type of attorney and this type of expertise comes into play. Because I'm sure, as you've mentioned before, yeah. people come in for one particular reason, but that just kind of dovetails into other things. It does. And so we try to handle a variety of different types of law at our firm because regular people have mm-hmm. different needs right. and those things come up at various times. Sometimes it's all at once and sometimes it's over a lifetime. You know, people, good people get into, you know, bad and difficult situations right. and they need help. And so our firm is there uh, to provide legal advice and to help people get through some of these difficult times in their lives. And we always want people, uh, if you're listening and you're having a situation, feel free to give us a call, call another attorney's office, but get help. Talk right. to somebody. Uh, make sure you're taking some action. It's also fantastic because a lot of times, and I'm sure this is, you know, just the way that life works is that you end up in a scenario that is causing you anxiety Mm -hmm. and you don't know where to start. And so going, all right, I can start with this one phone call and they will help me go, Oh, what you're really dealing with is, and then start the process from that. Oh, that's exactly it. I mean, if you're in the middle of the night, 
staying up and, you know, two o'clock, it's usually between two and three o'clock in the morning. Uh, your brain wakes you up and now suddenly this thing is there and it's in the front of your mind and you can't go back to sleep and you're trying to solve a problem that really you probably can't solve at two o'clock in the morning. Right. No one does their life's best work. Well, not no one. There are a few people who a do their people. life's best work. Right. Oftentimes, no, 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 that's but, not what happens. But yeah. if you're purposefully up doing life's best work, True. maybe that works at two. But mm-hmm. when your brain wakes you up at two, it's because you're trying to solve a problem that you don't have enough information to really solve on your own. Right. So get up, send an email to our firm, get up in the morning, make a call and and come in. We do free consultations and we're here to help you navigate those things that you just don't have enough information for to be able to solve on your own. We well, aim to make sure that we give you the information so you don't have to work, wake up at 2 a.m. <laughs> right. Perfect. That's always the goal. And so we uh, we started by saying Happy Father's Day. We also want to say Happy Pride since we are in the midst of Pride Month. And a yes. lot of people are going to join us out at the Pride festivities that are going on next weekend. So it's great timing for the subject matter that you guys wanted to talk about today. Yes, we're talking about uh, various LGBTQ issues that come up in life and family law and how that weaves into our present legal system right so i mean i know that that you know we are we have to get through this in an hour Um, but other than okay it's pride month are there any like key triggery the reasons why we should start this conversation right now yeah there's a number of reasons why this is important there have been changes in the law Mm -hmm. the legalization of same uh sex marriage uh all sorts of issues that come up with just everybody reeling dealing with parentage and cohabitation are issues that also address are addressed in the lgbtq uh, community so it's good information for everyone but it's, it's going to be especially good when we've got this huge change in the laws dealing with lgbtq couples and how that change is going to be impacting them and i know we've talked about cohabitation before but let's just kind of give the quick and dirty on on why we would want a cohabitation agreement where that falls in the frame for people so in minnesota if parties who are cohabitating together uh while living together purchase property unless and i'm talking specifically about real estate if okay if one party's name appears on the title and these two individuals are living together for a number of years, that investment that they may be made jointly, but only one party's name appears on the title. If they end up separating, uh, the party who has title to that real estate walks away with everything, unless there's a written agreement uh, addressing how to divide that joint property or what should be considered joint property for the, the parties in their relationship. And that also applies to all the things you acquire. So all the furniture you've acquired, all of the uh, personal property you've acquired, all the bills that you've paid together, all the things that you've purchased, vehicles or otherwise, that is also included in this kind of fight. Right. And so you can unravel those things. But it takes a lot of litigation to do that. And a cohabitation agreement really is just this rule book that says when we split up or if we ever split up, here's how we're going to do the math so that we both are credited for our contributions into this relationship. I enjoy having these conversations. I know that sounds very um, uh, masochistic uh, that I said (laughs) that, but it's because I I like to reiterate the fact we are not poo-pooing love. Like whenever we talk about these kind of subject matter, people go, well, that's that's not romantic. That's no. not sexy to sit there and say I need to have these conversations. So I like it to uh, to take a moment 
to reframe people's brains about yes. these type of conversations. We are not saying down with romance. No. We're trying to encourage this to be part of the romancing process. Like having a very adult conversation about, let's just make sure we're taken care of. Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, back to what we started the conversation with about things that keep you up at night. Yes. If you can say, you know what, I know that my... Whoever I am moving into the next stage in my life with, if you know, even if it's a, I'm moving in with who's my best friend mm-hmm. and we think that we're going to have our golden girls moment. We're going to buy this house together. Everything's going to be fine. We're always going to get along. This comes into play for those types of situations as well. Right. Yes. You could. This could just be a completely non-sexual relationship. You may also need a cohabitation agreement for that mm-hmm. as well, because these types of issues are reflected there. And we're definitely not saying that every relationship breaks up. No, uh, this is we're not trying to turn love into a business transaction. This is not about the money. Uh, <laughs> what this is about is trust. Right. And trust is the core of any positive relationship. And so when we can take these issues kind of out of play and everyone can talk about them and know what their position is going in and out of it, what we're hoping to do, kind of a secondary side component of it, is that it allows you to focus on your relationship and not worry about that part of the trust relationship between two people. Right. Well, not to be the cynic in the morning, but every every relationship, romantic or plutonic, is going to end. Whether it's through a breakup or whether it's through a death of a party. Yes. All All relationships will end. And making sure that you have a an agreement or an understanding of how that will end and how to avoid some of the the more petty arguments about property division is important. Because it's not just trust. It also seems like it's about communication. Mm -hmm. So if you can start the process of communicating with this partner in whatever uh, definition we're considering partner, it seems like it'll probably solve you a lot of drama in the long run. Right, and jumping on the cynic bad bandwagon <laughs> here for a second, Andrew is absolutely correct. If you're in a committed, loving relationship, but you're not married to each other, and one of you dies, the person who's not married, it, depending on how those items are titled, you could walk out of that relationship with nothing. Wow. Just mm-hmm. because you didn't take care of some of these formalities and documents that could protect both of you if this would happen. No one knows when a car accident's going to happen. No one knows when anyone's going to go. So Andrew's absolutely right. This is also about planning for your own life. All right. Well, we need to go to our first break. So when we get back, what would you guys like to cover? Let's talk about disillusion and how that affects the LGBT community. All right. And we're also willing to take your questions. You can contact us at 651-641-1077. Welcome back to the Mom Show here on My Talk 1071, also streaming at MyTalk1071.com. So appropriate that Miley Cyrus brought us back in with Nothing Breaks Like a Heart as we are discussing <laughs> things the things breaking. that we are dis- you know, d- discussing today on the Mom Show. Thanks to our friends from Sheridan and Dulas, Deanne Dulas and Andrew Hunstead, talking about that's just reality, unfortunately, yes. is that you don't mean to break each other's heart. Even Mm-mm. if you're in a friend relationship, it just happens Mm -hmm. so sometimes let's have these discussions up front so maybe we can get back to being friends more quickly yes Mm -hmm. yes so that we're not going into prolonged litigation to try to resolve things that we could have very easily resolved on the front end when we were getting along all those things are much harder to resolve once you're no longer getting along with somebody friend or otherwise right well once we uh, as we navigate this conversation this morning you can join in you can call us at 651-641-1071 that's 651-641 Four one one zero seven one. Okay, Andrew, let's go ahead and dive in. So let's 
So let's turn on the mic first. Uh, <laughs> so let's quick walk through the history of same-sex marriage. So uh-huh. in Minnesota, first legalized or recognized same-sex marriage in 2013. That okay. was a couple years before the Supreme Court decision officially recognized it through through the entire nation. That case was called Obergefell versus Smith. Okay. And that case was a very narrow decision. It Meaning? Only, so it only focused on the issue of marriage. It okay. did not address anything like adoption or paternity or establishing that parent-child relationship. So some of those cases are still working their way through the courts right ah, now. Okay. Um, and then a, some, some of those issues like property division and spousal maintenance are going to be left up to the states to decide because okay. those generally are state-specific areas. Which we remind people in general that just because the divorce uh, works a certain way here, it doesn't mean that it works the same way wherever you live. So if you move to Wisconsin, you might have different things you have to deal with. Yes, right? every okay. every state is different. Okay. So in our practice, we generally see two different types of uh, LGBT divorces. Either same-sex relationships or maybe a heterosexual couple where one comes out of the closet at some point in the marriage and they decide to proceed with the dissolution action. Right. Uh, those cases where there's a heterosexual or somebody who had previously represented it as a heterosexual relationship uh, typically proceed like a, a typical dissolution. Okay. Um, you might have some unique custody issues or parenting time arguments, but Generally, they proceed. What I want to talk about is same-sex dissolutions because okay. it's only been recognized in for about four years nationwide. Mm-hmm. So a couple that had spent 20 years together but mm-hmm. have only been married three years. Yes. Uh, those, those specific cases is what I want to focus in on. Fair enough. Because in Minnesota, we have spousal maintenance, which is alimony. Mm-hmm. Payments made from one former spouse to the other to maintain that uh, financial well-being that they grew accustomed to over the marriage. Now, we've talked about in previous episodes that there is an algorithm that is used for that. It's not like what we see on TV where it's just like half all the time. Right. For spousal okay. maintenance, what right. we're looking at is really this division of income going forward. The half tends to apply to property, but Minnesota isn't a half state. It's okay. an equitable division, which often turns out to be half, but okay. not always. Right. So for spousal maintenance, we're talking about the obligation to provide financial support to the other person for some time into the future for dividing that income. Fair enough. And what Andrew's talking about, usually one of the factors we talk about is the duration of the marriage. And that doesn't always come up when we're talking about a marriage that's only lasted three years, but we've got a relationship that was maybe 20, 25 years long. Ah, fair enough. Okay. Correct. So in when we encounter this, a couple of different things that we consider is, well, that's only one of eight factors that the court must consider. There's seven other factors that will influence as a judge's decision on spousal okay. maintenance for the duration and the amount. Um, we also have some equitable arguments to make, but it's also important to find an experienced attorney because there is some unique case law in this area, uh, specifically uh, in relationships that had a long cohabitation or maybe a long engagement, that that long engagement could be used as reliance from that other spouse as to what they had anticipated as that marital standard of living. Okay, because they had so much longer to mm-hmm. create that expectation yes. that wasn't technically 
taken into account because they weren't officially married. Right. So part of the reason, like to to put it in, right, like part of the reason my ex and I didn't have to worry about this is that we were only married five years, yeah. but we didn't have a long engagement. No. So we didn't have to have that as part of the conversation. Is kind of right. Saying okay, and, and this isn't an argument that I would hang my hat on. Right. But it is certainly an argument that could be made to somebody in this position. So if there's anybody out there who's in a same-sex marriage and mm-hmm. they are considering divorce, but they are financially reliant on their spouse right uh, don't get convinced don't don't drink that kool-aid that right. there's absolutely no chance for spousal maintenance there are several arguments to obtain that that obligation right and it's not just about an expectancy about someone's going to take care of me it really comes back to that dependency right if you've been in a long-term relationship that wasn't recognized it could not have been recognized as a marriage but you were the stay-at-home parent and you gave up your career in order to raise kids right that creates that dependency that would otherwise be the need for spousal maintenance if it had been a long-term marriage but you just didn't have the benefit of that legal recognition of that relationship. And so when we're talking about, you know, what's fair and equitable, that's one of the factors the court could take into consideration. So sometimes we've talked about when you do certain things throughout your life, you should save documents on a jump drive. You should maintain this. You should keep track of those things. How do you keep track of those type of scenarios if you have to backtrack and then be able to... Uh, justify things in a relationship what kind of questions are we going to be asked well in terms of maintaining records i just recommend anybody to save their annual statements when they're published at the end of the tax year okay uh, put it in your google drive or your dropbox and forget about it hopefully you won't need it um but that's the best way of doing that in a paperless world gotcha just- and if, if we're talking about bank accounts Save all of them. Okay. I mean, if if you've got an account that's premarital, just just save them all. Just okay. just copy them, throw them on a jump drive. Don't think about them again. Uh, but sometimes that tracing process, where we're trying to figure out who paid for what over a long period of time, if you didn't have a cohabitation agreement, mm-hmm. comes down to us being able to prove those contributions into those accounts. So right. Those are important, too. And it's a pain. I know everyone's like, oh, but I thought I only had to save them for seven years. That's true for the IRS. Right. But it doesn't help if you're in a 20-year relationship. And now we're trying to figure out who made the down payment on the house that you bought together. And let's just make it uh, part of your overall financial health, because we talk about that with one of our other mom show guests. Don't get so, you know, we're not trying to bog you down in paperwork. but. Sometimes it's good. It's in your best interest to figure out a process so you just keep things. <laughs> so you know how it is. You check them out. You look mm-hmm. at it. Make Because who knows? Maybe you're paying for some account that you forgot about. You mm-hmm. might as well look at it anyway. Right. So. I, I just within the last couple of years had a client who came in, had very strong premarital uh, claims, except he literally had two months before decided that since he's getting divorced, he was going to... Uh, get rid of all of the documents because he wanted to start to clear out the house and got rid of all the things that could have proved that non-marital interest so much easier. Um, So really those pieces of paper, saving them somehow may come out to be the thing that helps you somewhere down the road. Don't plan the bonfire until after you talk to legal counsel. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. Yes. Yes. None of that. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, so we're going to go into break number two. When we cover, uh, what are we going to cover when we get back? We're going to finish up with divorce, but then we're going to get into paternity and establishing that parent-child relationships for gotcha. same-sex couples. And we also encourage you to call us. The number yes. is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with Andrew Hunstead and Deanne Dulas from Sheridan and Dulas here on The Mom Show. Welcome back to The Mom Show here on My Talk 1071, also streaming at MyTalk1071.com. You can always find this episode and previous episodes by just going to our website and using the keyword mom. And we encourage you to do that because sometimes we cover things and you're like, I need more time to process it. So we want you to go be okay with the mm-hmm. process, get there and go, okay, just I need to hear Deanne and Andrew say cohabitation agreement one more time. I need to have them just so that I can be okay. I'm, I'm okay right. with it. So we encourage you also to be part of the mom show. You can call us at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. Yes. Please uh, go back and listen to these again or give us a call. If, if there was something that we didn't cover thoroughly enough, Give us a call. Come in. Do a free consultation. We're happy to talk you through your situation and how the laws would might apply to you. So we had something to follow up on regarding, we're still going to talk about uh, disillusion and that kind of divorce thing. Yes, that we're doing, we, we talked about spousal maintenance, but let's get into property division okay. real quick and finish that up. All so right. let's use the same example of the couple that's been together for 20 years, but yes. they've only been married for four years. Yes. So anyth- if they didn't have a cohabitation agreement or a prenuptial agreement. Which they probably didn't. Correct. <laughs> Real talk. Okay. So 16 <laughs> yeah. years of that relationship would be considered non-marital. In terms of property acquisition. Fair enough. So, okay. Minnesota statutes, and this wasn't a reform that was passed after same-sex marriage was recognized. This has been in the statute for some time. But Minnesota provides that a marital, uh, when an unfair hardship exists in the, the division of marital assets, that the party who's going to experience that unfair hardship can invade the non-marital interests of the other party. Okay. So in that example... So that's how you dip into the things before you were actually married. Correct. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So those 16 years of acquisition of wealth, maybe house payments, building that equity in the house could be invaded up to 50%. Uh, But the judge has a lot of discretion in all of this. So I would highly recommend a prenuptial agreement. I would cohabitation agreement. Yeah. You don't want to rely on a judge to make this decision. Right. No. And, and when, when Andrew's talking about discretion, that means that there's a certain range of outcomes that would be okay. And within that range, judges would not be overturned that decision. So you could take the same situation in front of 10 different judges and get 10 different answers and all of them would be correct. Because judges are fantastic, but they're humans. And yes. so they can mm-hmm. sit there and go, ah, you'll be fine. Right? Right. Okay. Or, or say, I don't think you've met the threshold of substantial hardship. Fair enough. Right? And so it really is not something that you want to leave up to chance. Okay. So let's transition into parentage and the establishment of the parent-child relationship okay. for same-sex couples or LGBT couples. So some people may, may ask, maybe for somebody who is in the LGBT community who's maybe experienced some rejection from their family. Why would I want to go through this process and establish my own family? I've been out on my own. I've I've made my own family with my partner. Yes. We have our, our, our kid. This is our kid, and that's absolutely true. But mm-hmm. we need to address some of the legal aspects because in the event of a separation of those parties and there's a child that is only legally recognized by one of those parents, that legal parent could cut off access 
to that other parent right and deprive that child of that parent-child relationship or if that legal parent passes away and maybe their family was not supporting of this relationship would likely have custody of that minor child and could also cut off access to that other parent oh how sad so So the whole purpose of this is to protect the child protect Mm -hmm. the parent-child relationship to make sure that everybody is on the same level um, so let's jump back to that supreme, famous Supreme Court case, Obergefell. Yes. That was a very narrow decision. It did not address anything to do with custody, parenting rights. Okay. It, that was just marriage. So, um, in Minnesota, let, let's talk a high level overview of Minnesota law. Okay. I would best describe it as a work in progress. And Fair enough. Maybe in practice discriminatory. Um, Minnesota has not reformed any of its parentage statutes since the legalization of same-sex marriage in Minnesota in 2015. Okay. So nothing has, no major update has been completed. Now, a number of states have addressed these issues, mm-hmm. but they have all come up with different conclusions and they've used different reasoning for okay. this. So there's no uniform consensus on any of this. So the way it stands currently, Andrew, let's say my partner and I, if we happen to be uh, a same-sex partner. So if my wife and I have a child and I actually, you know, if we, we'll use women, you know, we'll use two women. If I was actually the one who birthed the child, then there might be that automatic line of parentage, right? Right. Because in Minnesota, if if you can establish proof of birth and mm-hmm. for women, that's... I mean, having the baby, yeah, yeah. The baby. <laughs> pretty much. Men yes. can't do that, right? Um, mm-hmm. You automatically get that parent-child relationship established through statute. But I have to have something signed regarding my wife's relationship with the with the child, so, right? So that gets a little bit more complicated. Okay. So in Minnesota, to establish parentage, we have proof of birth. Yes. We have proof of biology. Okay. Now, if we can DNA it, you know, kind of thing. Correct. Okay. Now. The reality is with same-sex couples, only one parent is going to have a biological relationship with the child. Right. And maybe neither parent has that. Right. But in terms of establishing parentage under Minnesota law, proof of birth, proof of biology, or proof of adoption. Okay. So, in your scenario, if the two of you are unmarried, the other way to establish that parent-child relationship would be to have your partner adopt the child fair enough okay which again it sounds like we're poo-pooing love we're not no poo-pooing we're love. just we're just buttoning everything up we are trying to create a legal relationship that recognizes the love right fair that's enough. what the adoption allows us to do okay and uh, female same-sex couples have the option of using the ovum of the non-birthing spouse, the the female who will not give birth. Right. Use that person's egg, and you allow the other female to actually carry the baby to term, so that you both have the actual birth and biology to a child. Right. That is a complicated and expensive process, but you can do it. But you can Fair do enough. it. All right. But say, uh, same-sex male co- uh, relationship do not have that option right okay so uh and i don't want to get too far into in vitro because that's a whole nother episode and to be perfectly honest the minnesota uh, paternity or parentage uh statute does not actually reference in vitro okay let's uh i want to cover a few different things between the biological differences that come into effect so 
if two female individuals are married and they have a child, one of the parents has a child, they can get both names on the birth certificate, Okay, which can be a false sense of security because a birth certificate isn't the same as a court order or judgment. Oh, okay. So a court order or judgment is entitled to full faith and credit under the United States Constitution. Okay. That means you can move to Minnesota, to Alabama or Florida, uh, and that court, those systems down there, have to recognize that order or judgment. They don't have a choice. But a birth certificate is an administrative document. It is... Uh, put out by the executive branch of government. Okay. So it's not entitled to full faith and credit. And there has been a few states that have rejected birth certificates using same-sex parents appearing on that. Oh, good. And they have also okay. refused to put the spouse's information on a death certificate, which would affect how a state, a state is distributed. Okay. Uh, so a birth certificate is helpful but it does not go far enough because if you encounter discrimination from another state or if your your community or if you move to a different portion of the state that is maybe more conservative and rejects that you're you're still going to have some issues okay so the only way to address that is to go through the adoption process at this point I have uh you know I I don't have any close friends that have gone through the adoption process in general. Is it uh cumbersome? Is it monetarily burdensome for a family? You know, what's the what's the process? Like how hard would it be for uh, a couple in this in our particular community to do this? Well, I think it depends a little bit upon where you are located within the state. There are some states that have uh easier access to these types of adoption laws okay Um, but they can be cumbersome okay um it can be uh difficult there may still have to be a uh, home study that takes place even though you've been together in a relationship because you don't have that biological relationship it would be treated very similar to a step parent adoption okay all right and that from my conversations with people that have gone through this process or have considered going through the, this process that that is one of their concerns that's a, a, legit, a legitimate gripe to have about yes. this is because uh heterosexual couples don't have to go through this process right they, they don't have to have a home study completed somebody looking over their shoulder asking questions about why they're doing it this way um so that is one of the reasons uh, somebody might have apprehension about going through this but when you're faced with the chance of somebody rejecting your family, because mm-hmm. that's what it is, regardless of whether the government recognizes it. Uh, you want to make sure that you're going to have the legal routes available to you to protect your family. And that's why, until the statute gets modified and updated, people need to proceed with this action. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, we have to get into break soon again as well. So, Andrew and Deanne, what are we going to cover when we get back in our final segment today? We're going to cut our get a couple of odds and ends covered up okay. with custody and some other issues about parentage. All right. And if you have any questions, again, you can be part of the mom show and call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with Andrew Hunstead and Deanne Doulas from Sheridan and Doulas. 
Welcome back to the Mom Show here on My Talk 1071, also streaming on MyTalk1071.com. We encourage you to be part of the show and call us at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. We're laughing because we just came back for, with You're the One That I Want. And unfortunately, <laughs> quite often, You're the One I Want right now. Um, and <laughs> things transition, you know, and so we are just helping you adult better. Yes. You know, so and that's that's the hard part a lot of times is when emotions and things get into play. It's difficult to adult and do what is best for you and your family. So Andrew and Deanna are here to help give us some guidance on how to do that, even though it might be an extra hoop that you're like, I shouldn't have to. But unfortunately, you do. Right. And unfortunately, what they don't teach us in school, middle school, high school or otherwise, is about these types of issues. And they become so central to everything that we do. And we're never really educated about how all these laws impact our just day to day lives. Right. Right. Okay, so we need to uh, hit some button some things up, Andrew. So what else should we cover today regarding these cohabitation agreements, dissolutions of these things, these, you know, our new scenario? Because, you know, we only officially got to start doing that here in 2013 as you mentioned Mm -hmm. so we have a you know it's of course going to be a more difficult navigation for many people out there right so there's one other method of establishing paternity i want to talk about real quick and i'm going to paraphrase the statute but if in minnesota if a person a person is presumed to be a biological parent of a child while the child is a minor and the child is held out by another as their own biological child. Uh, so what that means is if you're living with a minor child who is not your biological child, but you hold that child out to be your biological child, okay. that can be a method of establishing paternity in Minnesota. So this this is a statute that was in existence before the recognition of same-sex marriage. Uh, so it is a method that could be used to establish paternity. The issue is uh, this particular argument that you would make in front of the court is a developing area of case law. Mm-hmm. Um, in theory, this how sounds long? Like, it like would do you saying that if I was if I filled out all of the school paperwork, if we had the same name, if I you if I registered them continually on my taxes or things like mm-hmm. that, and I just said it was my dependent for how long does that do i need to do that Andrew? well if you're putting it on your tax and taxes and it's not your biological kid or legal kid that might be another issue to okay. talk about all right, right. I, but, I muddied the waters no, committing I'm tax I, muddied, I muddied the waters okay but, i'll go back up okay that's that's one of the issues with this particular statute because the statute doesn't say okay so there's even more discretion for a judge to make up an answer or come to a conclusion that you may agree with or may not agree with. So this is not a, a, a sound method of establishing paternity to a non-biological child. This so is, fake it until you make it does not work in this case. <laughs> no, no okay. But, right. And the reason it was developed in the first place was to deal with those couples where maybe they lived together for a long time and everyone believed that this was that person's child, this man's child. But when push came to shove, uh, it turns out biologically... Not I understand that I have friends that are in that scenario where it's like, you know, my when they got together, the the child was two or three. So Mm -hmm. they've just always been a family. So I get that. Okay, right. So that's to try to address those issues so that we're not splitting up family units that have been together for a long time. Okay, all right. And not every family is going to meet the specific statutory requirements to uh justify a judge awarding a an award of paternity 
So this is really a, a very narrow method of establishing paternity. Okay. Uh, but I should also mention that this could be challenged by a third party. A third oh. party could intervene. That could be a family member who maybe does not agree with that relationship. Um, or it could be a possibly the state of Minnesota or another state if you were living in another state. Uh, so this is not a perfect way okay. of establishing paternity. It's what right now exists in the statute. The best, the best option is for couples in this scenario to adopt. Fair that enough. is the only way to provide the absolute protection. Okay. So I think right now it would be a good time to transition into individuals who maybe aren't married in a mm-hmm. same-sex relationship that are splitting up and okay. establishing custody or third-party custody. Right. And so when we're talking about third party custody, we're talking about those situations where we don't necessarily we're not necessarily able to establish paternity. But you've been taking care of this child in your home for an extended period of time. And you want to have some ongoing rights to either custody or parenting time with that child, even though you're not married to the other parent. You aren't biologically related and you don't satisfy this term for basically saying that I should be considered the parent even though I'm technically not. Okay. Those come in the form of third-party custody actions, and they're not limited to a romantic couple. Right. A third-party custodian could be anybody that meets certain criteria, including grandparents. So if a person uh, has been a de facto custodian, basically the child has been been in their primary care, the child has resided with that parent for 24 months, Uh, Or if they've shown a consistent participation in the child's life for six or more non-consecutive months if the child is under three or for a year if the child is older than three, then that person could petition the court and say, there is good reason why you should identify me as a third-party custodian and give me the same rights that you would give to a parent. So to to sum up, let's say every day this particular child hung out with this adult after school (laughs) and they were the after-school care every day for multiple, multiple hours. Could that be enough to get that threshold? Okay. No, but let's say that you're a family, uh, a single parent, and you've been living with your parents for the last three years. Yes. And that child has also been raised by your parents. Okay. Let's say that you then get into some trouble, legal, otherwise uh, chemical abuse, and now we're saying maybe you shouldn't have custody anymore. Right. Right. The other parent has the ability to step in and say, I'd like to take over custody. Okay. But so might your parents have the ability to step in and say, we've been de facto custodians. This child has lived with us for a greater period than 24 months. We want the court to recognize us as de facto custodians and to create a third party custody right for us. Okay. So it's a step up from just a guardian. Yes. Right. Saying that I'm going to voluntarily name my parents as a substitute guardian for my children. This is where your parents are actually acting as a party against your interests. Okay. To step in and say, I think we should have custody. Because this it, is best for the child. Yes. But it also applies in same sex relationships as well. If you've been together for more than two years, regardless of the other factors that Aaron or Andrew has talked about for establishing uh, third party or excuse me, parentage, you could come in and say, 
I've been with this child. I've been its primary caretaker. I've been here for these two years. This child has lived in my home. Uh, even though I can't meet any of the criteria for a third-party custodian, I want the court to treat me as a third-party custodian. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I uh, appreciate you guys sharing all this information. I know we had to cover things really quickly. So let's remind everybody how to get a hold of you out in the wild. Oh, well, they can call us at our office. The number there is 651-686-8800. Or they can get a hold of us on our website, which is www.ssdpa.com. So we always encourage you to make that first phone call. Get all of these woes out of your mind and actually start on the process of uh, healing these things and getting them taken care of. Yes, please don't uh, keep yourself up in the middle of the night. Get the information that you need to answer those questions and be able to sleep soundly the next day. Well, Andrew, we appreciate you joining us. Deanne, we appreciate you joining us. And again, everybody can go to your website, ssdpa.com. They can also find us at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom show. See you guys next time. Thank you. Thank you.